Hello, Crossway. Uh, there's a part of me that wants to just say good morning to everybody, but I don't know exactly when each of you are going to be watching this. Um, I'm hoping, there's a part of me that's hoping that there's quite a few that are watching on Sunday morning. Uh, for me, right now, it's actually just a little bit afternoon on Saturday. I'm sitting here in my office, as you can see, so this is going to have a little different feel, obviously, than our gatherings on uh, Sunday morning. There's a part of me, I'm sure you can understand, that's disappointed that we couldn't be together. Um, I love our gatherings. I hope you do too. But the main reason why we're doing this is because we, we want to uh, we want to be good citizens. We want to abide by the recommendation that our local governments and our state governments are setting out for us. And we want to do that gladly. We recognize there is a danger um, out there and we want to do everything we can. We want to act in such a way so as to protect especially those who are most vulnerable among us. And so it's not just a pretty clear case of obedience to Romans chapter 13 verse 1 of being subject to our governing authorities. It's also an act of love. Um, our decision and our actions can have a very real effect on uh, the hospital system that's right over there and so we want to act in such a way that is um, loving towards our neighbors and in keeping with our responsibility towards the government. I, I, was, I want you to know I was especially disappointed for our students, for our high school and middle school students. Um, the lock-in that was supposed to be scheduled for Friday night and Saturday got canceled. Um, we had, I think, pretty close to 100 students uh, signed up for that. And Ryan and his team had done a lot of work preparing for that. And so. Uh, we were all disappointed that that couldn't happen. We're going to do our best to see if we can make that up somehow. But even though we can't be together um, this weekend, I'm eager to share with you some things from God's Word. Uh, if we were together, um, as we normally are right now, I'd be asking you to open your Bibles and turn with me to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 8 this week. Uh, I was very excited about sharing with you from that passage where... Jesus, just like we saw last week, is in the temple and he stands up and he says in chapter 8, um, I am the light of the world. And I'm eager for us to get into that passage. We'll do that next week. Um, and I'll teach from that and then we will get that sermon online uh, as we do uh, every week. Um, but for now, today, in light of all that has come uh, into our lives this past week, all that's gone on, all that's going on, I thought it might be good to anchor us uh, a little bit in some truth from God's Word found in Psalm 46. You might want to turn there with me. Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you right now, just hit the pause button and um, you can go get one. Because I want, I want you to see this in your Bible. I want you to see these words, this truth from God's Word there, um, Psalm 46. So let me read this. And then I'm going to go back after I read the psalm and just read the first few verses once again. This is Psalm 46. You follow along there in your Bibles. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. 
The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. What a great psalm this is. Let me just read uh, the first three verses again. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. You know, I'm so glad that God's word is not uh, naive uh, to the reality of trouble in this life. God's word knows that there are going to be times when the world around us is unsettled and unsettling to us, uh, when it seems to us like things, everything is uncertain and, and even a little bit scary. I'm so glad that the Psalms in particular are in our Bibles. Uh, aren't you? Um, the Psalms are there for times of joy and times of sadness. The, the Psalms are there for times of, of gratitude and for times of grief. Uh, the Psalms are there for times of trouble. In fact, this Psalm is in our Bibles specifically for times of trouble. In fact, this Psalm teaches us some things about trouble, like uh, that we should expect it. Um, I don't know if you notice this in verse 1. It's just, it's just a given. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. It's just assumed there will be trouble. It's unavoidable. A and the psalmist doesn't present some kind of elaborate theological, philosophical description of the problem of evil. He just assumes the presence of evil, and he knows that no one is going to stand up and disagree because we all experience this. We know this life will have trouble. And that truth, as you may know, is found throughout Scripture. For example, in the book of Job, we read these words, Life is of few days and full of trouble. And we read that and we want to say, Amen. Um, even Jesus himself said at one point, Take no thought for tomorrow. Um, today has enough trouble of its own. And, and he didn't mean when he said that, don't plan for the future. What he meant was, don't worry about the future. Deal with what is in front of us today. So the very first thing that this psalm communicates about trouble is that we should expect it. It's going to come. We live in a fallen world where things go wrong. But Psalm 46 says something not just about the fact of trouble, but also about the potential degree of trouble. Look at verses 2 and 3. Not only should we expect trouble, but at times trouble can get extreme. The earth gives way. The mountains are moved into the heart of the sea. Though the waters roar, the, through it, though its waters roar and foam, though its mountain, the mountains tremble at its swelling. In other words, not only is trouble for real, but at times it can get serious. It can get extreme. The things that you thought were stable and reliable, are shaking. You see what the psalmist is doing here, don't you? 
he's kind of setting forth a worst case scenario. Even if the earth gives way, even if the mountains tremble, even if we're facing a global pandemic. So the psalmist is facing reality. Trouble will come. Sometimes it will get extreme. That's the truth about living in this world and no one is exempt. We're experiencing that right now with this virus. The psalmist speaks this truth very plainly and he's able to do that for one simple reason. He's able to do that because he knows there's a greater truth, greater than the truth about trouble. In fact, it's that truth, that greater truth, that is the point of this psalm. Uh, look first at verse 4. In fact, to get the effect of this, let's go back and read verses 2 and 3. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And then verse 4, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. It's pretty abrupt, right? You go from verses 2 and 3 to verse 4. I mean, one moment the earth is quaking, everything's falling apart, and the next moment you get this scene of glad rivers and nothing shaking at all. It's very clear the psalmist wants to replace that image from verses 2 and 3 with this picture of a place where there's peace and calm. And what he's describing in verses 4 and 5 is what it's like where God is reigning. So we see the first truth about God. God is not thrown by trouble. He is not affected as we are by trouble. That's not to say that he's unaware of it, that he doesn't care. It's just that he's not susceptible to it like we are. Um, maybe, maybe you can think about it this way. God actually is what little children think their parents are. That's why they run to us when they're scared. That's why they run to us when there's trouble, because they, they think that we're not affected. We're above that trouble. So they run to us. What your little ones think is true of you is true of God. He is not himself susceptible to what troubles us. But please notice also, he's not just above the trouble, kind of untouched by our trouble, un, uh, not, not susceptible to our trouble. He's, he's also sovereign over trouble. Uh, this psalm really wants us to know this. Two times it, it makes this point. Look at verse 6. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, and the earth melts. In other words, he speaks and, and things happen. And then look at verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Please notice that emphasis on God's active, sovereign control. He controls the rise and fall of kingdoms. He controls the duration and the outcomes of wars. He controls the duration and the outcomes of disease. And his word to us, who might think that we're in control, verse 10, you be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That verse is actually uh, making a rebuke to people. God is saying to them, listen, you are not God. I am God. He is sovereign, not us. So God is above our, not susceptible to our troubles, and he's sovereign over our troubles. But there's one more truth about God that Psalm 46 is very eager to get across. Um, God is our refuge in trouble. That's the great truth of verse 1. You know, I've learned uh, over my time as a believer, I've learned to love the statements in the Bible that begin with those two words, God is. And that's how this psalm begins. God is our refuge and our strength. God is a refuge. He's a place to go to find shelter and peace and comfort. God is strength. He's a place to go to find stamina and courage and fortitude. I don't know about you, but I am very interested in those things when I'm experiencing trouble. And this psalm says that God is a very present help in times of trouble. That, that word present is not so much speaking about his nearness, although he is near. It's speaking more about his, about his reliability. He's there for us. He is more reliably helpful than any other thing that we can turn to, any other person that we might want to turn to. Now, there's one more little thing I want you to see. Um, look up at those words uh, above verse 1. Do you see them there? To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth. I have no idea what Alamoth is. It's probably a tune or something that was common to them. According to Alamoth, and then these words, a song. In other words, the, the, these guys, the sons of Korah, wrote this psalm. And they brought it to the choir master and they said, Let, let's sing this together when we gather together as God's people. Let's, let's sing this song. It's, it's a song. It was meant to be sung in public worship. It was for the church to sing together. That's why verse 1 says, God is our refuge. I mean, can't you just imagine the church gathered and singing this psalm? Kind of like... A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark, never failing. Our helper, he, amid the flood of mortal ills, prevailing. So, how should we respond to what's going on around us? Well, there's lots of ways, lots of things. We should pay attention to our personal hygiene. Just taking common sense steps of cleanliness. We should respond by abiding by, happily abiding by, the recommendations of the governing officials. We should respond by looking out for one another around us and caring for and loving those, especially those who are more vulnerable. But underneath it all, underneath all of those different ways of responding, there must be this foundational response of trust in God. And just look at the connection between verses 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. What's the point there? Because God is who he is, we can be unafraid, no matter what. Um, 
if a person really appropriates the truth of verse 1, the result will be fearlessness. Not recklessness. Still need to exercise wisdom, but unafraid. So, dear ones of Crossway, let us, even in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, let us live in light of what we know to be true. Let's know things about God. Let's believe things about God that will actually incline our hearts away from fear and toward peace, away from fear and towards simple wisdom, like steps of cooperation and steps of practicality, away from fear and toward love, and dare I say it, away from fear and toward joy. I said this in the email that we sent out on Friday, and by the way, if you didn't see that email, I would encourage you to take a look at that. It's available on our website. I said in that email that right now, I mean, it's true all the time, but right now what the world needs is people steadied by the truth and the grace of God. Um, your neighbors need that. Your co-workers need that. Your family members need that. Your brothers and sisters in Christ here at Crossway who might be tempted to worry or fear need that. So let's make it a point to begin and end each day as believers in this God, the God of Psalm 46. Let's make it a point to begin and end each day as children of this kind of Heavenly Father so that we can live each day not afraid. Yes, aware of and taking seriously the reality of the danger that this virus presents, but like people who know something larger than COVID-19 like people who know there really is a God who's in charge and who helps those who trust him to be at peace. I know that's what, that what's going on uh, can seem, it can seem almost surreal. It can seem all uncertain and a little bit scary, but let's keep our wits about us. Let's listen to and cooperate with what our public health officials are saying. Let's do that gladly as, as good Christians. Let's take wise steps in our own personal lives. Friends, by all accounts, this will pass. So let's be patient and let's purpose to not be afraid because we know God, this God, the God of Psalm 46, who is our refuge and our strength. So God bless you today. I'm eager to see you again, hopefully before too long. Stay tuned for an update. We'll send out an email probably uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, you can check in on the website as well. Um, God bless you. We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye.